We thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching from Metro Church. We hope this inspiring message will empower and enrich your life. Again, we begin a new series this week on relationships. I love word play. I love the idea of when you, when you think of a word, what does it make you think of, right? And so every time I think of the word relationship, I'm drawn to ship. I love the water. I love the open sea. And it has a natural allure to me, pun intended. But the more I think about ships and the journeys they take, the purposes they set sail for, I can't help but draw that analogy or a parallel with relationships. Each relationship we set sail on begins a new journey. So as we begin this new series, I'm happy to be your captain. (laughs) Prepare to set sail with me over the next few weeks as we head out into the deep and discuss all things relationship. (laughs) While I may ship, while I may say ship, through the series, I'm actually alluding or referring to relationships, okay? So which relationship are you excited about boarding? Things like that, right? What ship are you excited about boarding, okay? What ships or relationships have you run aground? Uh, which relationships have, been ta- have you been tossed overboard and thrown from? Which relationships were worth setting fire to and moving on? So we're going to have a good old time as long as we don't get scurvy on the way. All right? And so buckle up or whatever you do on a boat. In all relationships, there are important factors to consider, and I've got a lot to go through. You're not going to want to miss any of these next three weeks as they lead us up to Palm Sunday and Easter. It's going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss the Pirates next week or the Bermuda Triangle the following week. It's going to be amazing. But what I will tell you is if you are taking notes, number one, only board the ships or relationships that set sail where you want to go. Only board those. Who boards a ship? I I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise. Uh, I don't know what mode of transportation you take. I mean, we don't normally jump on boats these days to go places. Normally, it's about going to the terminal in an airport, right, and making sure you look at the screen. You know, I I remember our last trip that um, we got there a little extra early because we knew it was going to be crazy, right? But anytime you're about to board any vessel or craft, you want to make sure it's going where you're supposed to be going. And nowadays, technology is supposed to make it easier for you, right? The app tells you what gate you're at or what port you're at. But when you get there, guess what? Sometimes it changes. In our case, it changed three times in one morning. We'd go, we'd sit down, we'd be eating our breakfast, right? We'd be having fun. And uh, then all of a sudden we look at the screen and now this one's going somewhere we're not going anymore. And then we would have to get up and go and find the right place. And it went back and forth. I think we did a lot of steps that morning. But what I know is who boards any vessel, any craft, in this case a ship, who boards a relationship without knowing where it's going? It's become a kind of a fad though. People are like, let's just see what happens. You're right, it's only your life you could set a fire. That's cool. Just see what goes on, you know? Just who are you going to buy and bind yourself to? That's a great idea. No, it's not a great idea. It's a horrible idea. So consider the direction one's life is heading before setting sail with them. Okay? And this is all relationships. This isn't just marriage. This isn't just dating. In general, the people that you run with, they have a huge effect on you. The people that we rub shoulders with, the people that we bump elbows with, they oftentimes will bump us into directions we wouldn't have been unless we were with them. They can bump you in the right directions or they can bump you off. They know a guy. Okay? And so 
who gets deeper involved in a relationship with a person without knowing if it will add safe passage through this life or whether it leads to great peril? Amos 3.3 says this, Can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? See, through school, through high school, through college, there are all these opportunities uh, as young people just to meet new people, connect. I call it the, uh, the convenient intersections of life. They're the places where you are running into each other every day. So, hey, why not become friends, right? And that's a good thing. You need friends. Unless they're the wrong friends, then you need to find good friends. But the point is, what we have to determine in life is whether those friends are going to help us on the, in the long run or hurt us in the long run, depending on how long you stay with them, right? And now what I know is that when, when I talk about pre-marriage counseling, when I talk to people that want to get, uh, you know, engaged, they're serious about wanting to go to the next level, we start to ask difficult questions, right? Why? Because if you hadn't considered why the other person is even interested in kids, we got to stop, right? If, if you decide that you want to move forward with somebody, well, do they want kids? Do they not want kids? Uh, is God important in their life? Or do they, are they moving to Haiti for missions? Like, what is in their future? Because you need to make sure that you guys can agree upon the direction you're moving, right? And I know you're going, well, that's fine, but, you know, that's, that's not where I'm at in life right now. That's fine. I get it. But even the close relationships, the ones that you are really, you know, they are your BFF. They're the one that you call on. Make sure they're going the direction you're going so that you can both encourage each other along the way. How can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? They can't, but yet we see it all the time. People trying to make it work. It will not work. Inevitably, you or they or both of you are going to have to give up part of your purpose to make it work. Is that worth it? So before boarding the ship, before looking at this relationship, you got to look at the map. Can I please have my map? Thank you. So I'd ask my kids, you know, you go to a lot of seafood restaurants and they give the kid menus, they give you the, the, the little pirate maps and stuff. And my kids are too old for that. So I asked my kids to make me a map. And so they did pretty good, okay? But what I do know, um, yes, and you're like, why is it a pirate ship? Because some of you have that life right now. You're, <laughs> you're trying to avoid the big skull. But listen, what I'll tell you is if you don't know the direction you're going, how on earth are you going to be a good friend? How on earth are you going to be able to help in their life, right? So I'm not saying that you need to have 10 points and know exactly how everything's going to go, but you should have a basic understanding of the things that matter, right? But I don't know if you've ever uh, been on, on, like when we fly, they've got the little map and it shows you where you're going. I've always wondered if I, if I click on that, it's going to be somewhere totally different that I wasn't expecting to go. Like that, that's always a nightmare to me. I'm supposed to be in Europe and now I'm in Australia. That's not so bad. Unless it was a year ago, then it was really bad. Um, but, but listen, you need to make sure that you're comparing notes before you jump on the same vessel and start heading. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, otherwise you might have to ask them to walk the plank. You know what I'm saying? But we need to understand where have they come from. Doesn't mean you're holding it against them, but you need to know where they came from where they're headed. Because if you don't, if the person has no goals, no directions, no drive, you may get lost with them on the seven seas. Because they really had no bearing. Your life needs bearing, yes? So know where you're going and where they are going so you can be sure the relationship will take you 
where you want to go. That was so deep. You're like, yeah, I get it. But how often do we ask ourselves that before we start getting involved? We say we get it, but we don't always get it. Okay, so plenty of people are boarding the wrong ships, the wrong relationships, heading the wrong direction. I've sat down with many, many people. I'll just put that right there because I might pull that back up. I've sat down with many people, and they ask me to help with their relationship problems, right? Everyone's got problems. 99, more, I don't know. They've got problems. Everyone's got their own problems. But when I sit down to talk with these people, really what they normally are asking is for me to try and tell the other person to follow their map. They're like, I'm so glad you're here. Let me explain the situation as I see it. We always ask that. Can you explain the situation as you see it? And no matter what, most of the time it's, I gave him the map and he hasn't looked at it. And the guy's like, I didn't know there was a map. And I go, well, maybe you should have talked about the map before we got here. Uh, but, but what I do know is oftentimes it's just that they haven't even really talked through dreams in their hearts. They haven't really talked about the things that really matter. If, if something had to go, what would go? If something, uh, if something was going to be brought new into the relationship, what were the hopes and the dreams for that? The, the reality is they should have considered the, their differences and talked about their headings before choosing to get into the same ship. Sometimes it's an unequally yoked situation, as it talks about in 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteous and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, I used to read that back in the day and go, well, that's kind of mean. People in darkness need love too. Right? You start to justify in your mind how, how it should be. But the reality isn't about whether they deserve love. God loves them just as much as he loves you. But he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to jeopardize your life's call because you attached yourself with the wrong person. See, the concept of being unequally yoked, the, the ox, they used to be together, and they would have a yoke around both of their necks so that they could pull and make progress unequally yoked has the, has the concept of where one is much bigger and stronger than the other, and instead of pulling straight, it pulls in circles because the, the smaller one can't keep up. Have you ever felt like your life was going in circles? There could be something there. The scripture also, uh, it, it alludes to such, okay? So others, you know, so some is, is un, unequally yoked. Others, they climb, knowingly climb upon the wrong ship, they know it isn't who they should be getting involved with, but they make themselves feel better by saying, it will still play a part in my story. Someday it will be beneficial to the journey. Look, I know you can learn the hard way. I know there's such thing as hard knock schools, but why would you want to sign up? Like, why would you know that, look, I will be able to get something good out of this, but I'm going to hit every branch on the way down? there's some things we just shouldn't sign up for. Okay? <laughs> but really, they, they have chosen to get involved with the wrong people, and, and, and they think that it'll be, somehow be beneficial on their journey. But, but really, they've pushed off, and their heading is set. But it's heading away from God's call and purpose, just like Jonah. Jonah 1, it tells us, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh, 
uh, Nineveh and preach against it because it's wicked and has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. I've preached a message called, what's your Tarshish? What are you running towards instead of the thing God called you to? What is the thing that's keeping you from God's best in your life? Okay, but it goes on. It says he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Look at some people, they know what God's called them to. They are going away from it because it scares them. That was me when I was younger. I grew up in a pastor's house. I loved God. I loved his church, but I didn't want anything to do with it. I was going to love God and be a rock star somewhere else. I knew how to play guitar, and that was my dream. We were going to do all this, and then a Yoko Ono showed up and ruined the band, but we don't have time to get into that. That's more of like a coffee talk, if you ever want me to vent about some of the things that didn't work out in my life. <laughs> but what I will tell you is, <laughs> what I will tell you is this. I was running from God. I knew what God was calling me to. It just, it didn't scare the hell out of me. I was kind of running towards how do you say that? It doesn't matter. The point is this. I was not headed the right direction, and I knew it. Some of you are heading the wrong direction, and you know it. Jonah teaches us that we need to pay attention to God's word, because think of this. Which relationships are we in that are heading away from God's word? Because when you can start asking yourself questions that prompt you giving true, honest answers, it's not that that person is horrible. It's not that that person isn't loved by God. God loves them just as much as you. But if you can honestly look at that relationship and say, no, honestly, I, I do make wrong decisions every time I'm with that person. I do find myself running away from the word of God that's convicting my heart when I'm with that person. Then let's just be honest about the situation. Love them from a distance. Love them from a distance. Maybe don't share the same ship. Okay? All right. Number two, who you allow on your ship matters. Thought it was a good time to bring this up. As the story continues, Jonah's presence on the ship was bringing a great storm upon them. His disregard and disobedience to God was bringing harm upon all that were on the ship. We think, hey, as long as I'm good, I know where I'm going. And then obviously, there's a nature in us to love people and to want to stir them and, and, and spur them on to the right things. We're, we're called to be evangelistic, meaning we reach out and we try and bring people to the Lord. Like, don't get me wrong with any of this stuff. But what we do need to be very aware of are those that are closest to us that we allow on our ship. Not just telling them to follow our ship on their own ship. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference party at the beach, but we're not getting on my ship. Okay? But it says this. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Jonah said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. <laughs> it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. I really wish my friends would tell me that. I really wish the ones that knew they were really, really the problem in my world would just up front be like, yeah, just drop me. Your things will be better for you. If you could just make me walk the plank, that would just totally work out for both of us. No, I, I do look at it and realize, though, that everyone that was on that ship headed to Tarshish, everyone that was going there, because that's where they were supposed to go, were in peril because of the one that wasn't. And we look at Scripture and go, oh, that was a fun story. Remember the whale? But we disregard all of the points that actually matter for our life. 
you knowingly could have somebody on your ship that is bringing the thing down and is threatening it to break apart. You know, the, I, one, of the, one of the classic things I hear from people when, when um, how, do, how do I put this? When they're being confronted or, or convicted, um, you know, by the Holy Spirit, maybe we're having to bring it upon, you know, bring up the conversation because it's, it's unhealthy for the church structure. The Bible speaks very strongly, church, about people that create division right? And normally the people that are creating heavy division are the ones that want to raise the scripture and say, but Jesus said, love everybody. And then you flip it over three pages and it says, but if you're creating division, you're supposed to be ousted. And you're like, same guy. Whoa. Could it be that God cares so much about your purpose? He's okay with others not being on your ship, but the devil likes to make you feel like you did something wrong asking them to leave. But if I truly loved people, I would just let this thing burn, knowing that hopefully God will send a helicopter. Actually, God said, get him off the boats. He'll provide the whale. Sometimes people learn better in the whale, by the way. Sometimes people can't learn from you on top deck. They need to find whale stomach. Okay. Hopefully someone's getting something out of this. So what am, I, what am I saying? Sometimes the crew we keep brings upon the problems we have. Sometimes the crew we keep bring upon the problems we have. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes what church? But the companion of fools will suffer harm. This is meant to be kind of introspective. This is meant to be uh, a moment where you really take consideration about the people you have in your life. Why? Not because we're trying to be meanies, but because we're trying to make sure you fulfill your purpose. God has something special for every one of us, including that person that, that may not need to be on your ship. But God still has a plan. But at the end of the day, you'll stand in front of God talking only about the plan he had for your life, not about who kept you from doing the thing you were supposed to do. Are you hearing me, church? So Jonah was certainly making foolish choices and was to blame for the harm coming upon the whole ship. Everyone in that relationship, so to speak. Perhaps there are people in your life whose disregard and disobedience toward God are bringing harm upon you and those in the ship with you. So another question to ask yourself, what current relationship is bringing the storm upon me? Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Number three, take inventory of your ship's cargo. The cargo you choose to carry can hurt or help your relationship. There must be real consideration on the weight you will add to your ship. You know, every ship has a load, right? What it, what it can actually carry, uh, whether it has people on it, whether it doesn't have people on it, it has a load. But every pound that's put on that ship, it determines how quick the ship can actually get to destination. Okay? And so just because the ship can float doesn't mean it could make it to the destination without breaking apart because of being overweight, or that it could even make it to the destination in time for delivery. So everything that we choose to carry, although some of it is purposeful, how many know you don't want to get on a boat without food, without fresh water, without some, I don't know, whatever else? But the point is, I do know that depending on how much we carry depends on how quickly we can get to where we're called to be. 
And so that's why we've got to really consider what cargo is on our ship. And so um, some relationships you have can't hold the weights of your past. I'm going to say it again. Some ships you're involved with, some ships you're on, some relationships you're in can't hold the weight of your past. That's why not every friend needs to know your life story. Well, we're not really friends unless they know what I did in second grade. If they don't know, I never got my cootie shot. Like, no, there's certain things that your friends do not need to know. Why? Not because you're keeping skeletons in your closet, because you're determining what cargo can be carried on such ship. There are some things that need to come out way ahead of time. Some of these young people that want to get married, you better be talking about your whole life story. You don't want them to then know, wait, what happened? Why didn't this come up? I didn't think it was important. But we were deciding to buy the same ship! <sighs> right? Okay, I'll move on. A little, a little close for comfort for some. But that's why not every friend needs your whole life story. They can't carry it. So what I carry affects everyone on the relationships. Yeah, see what I did there? Every ship has the capacity and limit and load. Every relationship has to choose carefully the cargo they carry. And, and can I tell you, you need to choose carefully the cargo of others that you help carry. You have to decide what is healthy, what is a healthy limit on that person that just continues to drop their baggage off at your front door. Or they try and pull their ship up next to yours and they want you to carry some of their weight for them. Look at I understand that we carry our, uh, the burdens of our friends, but there's a limit. That's why Jesus said, cast your cares on me. See, some of you are trying to make that friend Jesus and they will fail you. And inevitably by you trying to be dependent upon them instead of God, you will burn the ship. We're not called to be God. We're called to be like God right? So inevitably, there are some things you as a friend need to decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you on that, but I can't carry that. Just know I'm praying for you on that, but let's not go any further in that thing. You need to see somebody that can really help you. Because guess what? Your friend does not have the degree they need to do the things you're asking them. They're there for you, to pray for you, to encourage you, but sometimes you just need to pay for a session. (laughs) I'll keep moving. You should be asking, can this relationship bear the weight of this? Or should I let that go? When a storm comes, will it bring us down? These are questions you should be considering in a relationship. Jonas, in, in Jonah 4 or 5, it's, uh, 1, 4 and 5, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Look, life isn't easy. There are many waves that keep coming at you, and if you're not in the middle of a storm, you're on the way to one. That's just life. And you know, that's the way to be positive. No, I'm realistic. Take inventory of what you're carrying, and is it worth it? Right? When the time comes, you'll need to know what must go. And uh, it says, and they threw the cargo in the sea to lighten the ship. There's something that you carry that you don't need to carry anymore, and you need to consider what that is. And so, um, and it's not even because the thing you carry is necessarily bad or wrong. 
Can I also say it's not just like, I'm not just talking about sin that you need to get rid of. That's not something you decide. No, you need to throw that overboard, right? I'm talking about there are things that you do. There are things that you have as part of your life that they're not necessarily bad or wrong, but they're creating weight in your life. And do you have the time and attention to put that focus towards it anymore if you're going to move faster towards the thing God's called you to, right? And so we're talking about relationships, right? So, so what are we currently carrying that is demanding more time than we have to give to it? Perhaps it's the season to toss it overboard. That's what I'm thinking. Number four, only some ships are worth saving. Ships mean relationships, right? We're still on the same page. Only some relationships are worth saving. Some ships need to break up. Some relationships are worth saving. Saving Some that are threatening to break up need to break up. When I look back over my life, some relationships that I tried to save were destined to break up. In fact, I now, I look back at it and realize some of the relationships I was praying to save, God was trying to break apart. In the same way that it says that in Jonah, God was sending the waves and the ship was breaking apart. Why? Because he knew that Jonah needed to get off the boat so that he could be redirected via whale to the right, or great fish, whatever you want to call it, to, to the direction he was supposed to go. But, but oftentimes, sometimes you'll look back on life and be like, man, I prayed so hard for that relationship to last. And then you realize that actually God was the one that knew it wasn't going to work based on where you were called to go. Now, that doesn't mean he was trying to set the boat ablaze, but he was certainly sending some waves to help you realize what your call and purpose is in life. Are you getting this? Makes me think of that, again, the, the, the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Uh, back to my previous thought, though, because you're like, well, what, what did that mean? So it, when I look back and realize some of the relationships I was praying to save, God was trying to break apart. What does that mean, that, that thought? I was praying prayers like, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. The very prayers I was praying were contradicting the relationships I was in. God was thinking, well, how can my will be done in your life when you're only about that thing, that person, that situation, which has nothing to do with my will or my call for your life? So when I'm praying, God, your will be done, and waves are coming and crashing upon relationships, rather than immediately saying, God, stop the waves, we need to start going, wait a minute, what are you trying to say? Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Help me understand what's going on here rather than just trying to stop it, right? So... Uh, he was, uh, Jonah, he was allowing certain relationships, uh, or Jonah, if, if you board the wrong ship like Jonah, let me go back to that. I've got a hundred things going on. Squirrel, that's pretty much what's going on in my head right now. But if you choose to board the ship like Jonah, it can lead to the wrong results, take you the wrong direction, and inevitably keep you from achieving God's plan for your life if you board the wrong relationship, right? So again, next time you see a relationship breaking up, rather than trying to save it, ask if it's worth saving. I'm going to say it again because some people are just going to take it out of context. Look at, not that that person doesn't hold amazing value to God. God loves that person as much as he loves you. But it doesn't mean that person is good for you. Okay? Even in friendships, there are just some people you don't need in your ship's crew. They will run you aground. Look what 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company 
ruins good morals. Number five, as I begin to wrap this thing up, we need to learn from our shipwrecks. You need to learn from your shipwrecks. The previous situations that didn't work out well, we got to learn from those things. When it comes to relationships that didn't last, learn from it. If you find yourself holding on to a broken plank floating in the deep, consider what brought the relationship down, right? Don't, don't spend the time holding the plank, planning the next shipwreck. In fact, oftentimes people that make serious decisions, they do it in the valley. What am I saying? They're literally hanging on a plank of wood, floating on a shipwreck, trying to decide a rebound situation to feel better. I was always taught never make permanent decisions in temporary places. What does that mean? When you find yourself in the valley, when you find yourself in a struggling situation, when you find yourself in a place that hurts, don't choose then to try and make all the decisions of the next five years of your life. Sometimes it's kind of like perspective. Not kind of like it is. When you're at the the face level, the surface level of the water holding a plank, and you're trying to determine what's going to happen next, until you get elevation again, you can't even see what's on the horizon. But you're, you're trying to make decisions. We call them rebounds. You got to learn from your shipwrecks. Did you miss the signs? When we're considering what brought that relationship down, did, did, did you miss the signs? Did you miss the telltale signs of the sandbars? Or perhaps the icebergs, depending on how cold the relationship was. How can you learn from it so you, it won't happen again? Let's learn from our mistakes rather than returning to them. Look what it says in Proverbs 26. This is one of the grossest scriptures in the Bible. I love showing it to you. Like a dog that returns to its vomits, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. You call me a fool? No, the Bible did if you return to the same problems again and again. Why? We have to understand that when we learn a lesson, it's not to go and experiment with it again. It's to save that up and store it as wisdom and let it be red flags that keep us from another shipwreck. Let it be the very thing that keeps us from going back to that same place. We need to gain understanding so that it can preserve our life. Like it says in Proverbs 15, foolishness brings joy to one without sense. But a man with understanding walks a straight path. Look, if I can gain wisdom, if I can understand, the the greatest prayer you could ever pray is, God, help me understand what you want with my life. Not I want with my life, what you want with my life. Because the more I understand why the Creator created me, the more I can get in line and have alignment with the things that are of God for my life, and that's going to propel me into my future. I thought that was good. Looking back on the shipwrecks of my life, on the shipwrecks of relationships, it was because I learned from my mistakes that I succeeded in future relationships. I, uh, some of you might be going through some really tough times right now. Maybe, maybe you've, you've been living a season of loneliness. Maybe it's been based on a season of singleness. Maybe you have just broken up from a really long relationship and you're trying to figure out what on earth was that all about? And you're trying to gain equilibrium. Can I tell you this? 
God's plan hasn't changed for you. He, it hasn't changed for you. There, there are things that we can do to, to start prompting God, giving us a little bit more information about the next steps, but sometimes that's about releasing cargo that's holding you back. Sometimes it's about just being able to get back in the Word and realize that the direction you were headed wasn't where God called you. Sometimes you needed to trade in the map that you had for the map that He has for your life. But I hope that this, this series, it's going to be a time of healing for those that need the healing, because guess what? You attract what you are, not what you want. If you want somebody healthy, you've got to be healthy. And that comes first by understanding what God called you to do and getting in line with the call on your life. He's got amazing things for you. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching from Metro Church.